Welcome to the most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Featuring at least three different books every week. Starring Martha Steele. The weirder the book, the better. Funny Golden. Historical fiction with a side of trauma porn. Keith Steigert. Reading the books your mother warned you about. These people are passionate about books be a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. So today, traffic is absolutely insane, of course. I had a couple of Amazon returns to take the UPS store. So I left the station at about four o'clock thinking I'm going to just run right out, run right back. Well, on my way back from the UPS store, I hear this. It sounds like my tire is like going click, 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 click. So I pull over at the on cue to, to go to the air thing, and my tires look fine. And as I start to pull out, there's a, a guy there putting air in his tires. He goes, oh, my God, you got a huge bolt in your tire. Oh, jeez. So I swear to God, that thing was about the size of a dime, the head of it, about the size of a dime. That's super fun. So how'd you get home? So I... I turned around and went back down the Northwest Expressway to the discount tire place <laughs> and said, can you get my get this out of my tire? Well, in the meantime, I was so fucking hungry. Oh, my God. I felt like my stomach was digesting itself because I didn't eat anything since this morning. And the plan was that Vonnie was going to get Popeyes. So, mm-hmm. so Vonnie's at the Popeyes. She's in line. As I finally get finished with my tire... This is already 6 o'clock by this time. After 6 o'clock. It was after 6 o'clock. She's in line at the Popeyes, and she's like, well, they're they're out of chicken. It's Popeyes. That's all they sell is chicken. How can they be out of chicken? They're like, oh, it's going to be very a- first time we ever found a Popeyes. We were in another state. My whole family, we went to Popeyes because we knew it was a chicken place, and my son only eats chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. We got there, and they said the same thing. They were like, we are out of chicken. And that was my first experience with Popeyes ever. I was like, they're chicken place. How are they all of chicken? That that's all that so you're what, gonna give me a, a bun with some spicy right? mayo and that's <laughs> I mean now, granted, that's something I would eat at home, but I'm not gonna pay <laughs> seven bucks for a bun with some spicy mayo. If you wanna knock that down to like one. Here's some biscuits. They do have good biscuits. Yeah, I guess we could have had a biscuit, but God damn it. So she's like, I'm not waiting because they, they say, oh, you'll it'll be ready in five minutes. Their five minutes is 30 minutes. I seriously was only one other person in line, and I waited for five minutes. And I know it was five minutes because the song that was playing on the radio is four minutes and 52 seconds long, and it started after I was already in line. So long Wait, story so short. chicken, but they didn't have any made. It Evidently, was, yes. Yeah, it was like frozen. Oh, so this the, place was completely out of chicken. Oh, like, couldn't make any. Oh, like you just need I to close. I thought it was like a thing. And Bonnie's like, "Well, I'm not sitting here because they're going to take forever." So, and about that time, I was passing the Popeyes on the other end of town. I was like, <laughs> "Do you want me to go Popeyes?" She's like, "No, I'm just irritated. I don't want anything. I don't want anything." So I'm like, "Fine, Damn fuck it. this." So we came back to the station and rummaged. And the only <laughs> only thing we had left in here was a, a partial block of spicy cheese 
That was a little dry around the edges, yeah, but it just had a rind. It had a, it had a nice rind. rind on it of dried up cheese that we ate anyway, and some pretzels. <laughs> and I found a protein bar, and that was our dinner tonight. Good stuff. The one night we were actually going to get dinner instead of girl dinner. I know. Damn it. It's okay, though. Shit happens. That's all right. You know what? I'm full. It's fine. So we ate... I don't um, want any more of this. this okay. Vonnie ate super some sweet. of Megan's oh, chocolate-covered pretzels. Shh. Don't tell mm. Megan. Shh. Don't tell Megan. By the time she yeah. listens to this, it'll be too late. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel sorry for her one bit. She's snorkeling in Hawaii right now, that bitch. <laughs> Leaving us <laughs> trying to do the TikTok. Terrible Christmas presents that you've gotten in the past. I know everybody mm. has a story about a Christmas present that Pretty much every Christmas present I've ever gotten from somebody that I don't know gives me drum roll, please. Candle. Exactly right. Candles. Candle. And they all smell so bad that I have to hold my breath while opening them. Except that everything smells bad to you. So they probably are delicious sm- smelling candles. You just hate all candles. Well, it's not that I hate them. It's that I can't breathe. For, the scent makes me choke. I know it right. seems weird no, it to doesn't. people, but it it's like my lung senses poison and, <laughs> and says, get that the fuck away from me. That's poison. <laughs> well, I have a stinky Christmas present story. Okay. Get, bring it. Um, I got a gift one time from... Uh, somebody that I, at work, it wasn't somebody that I work with, it was a customer, and they gave me this really expensive bottle of perfume, and it smelled atrocious. It smelled <laughs> like I was the madam at a whorehouse. Not even one of the whores, like the old lady who runs the whorehouse. Who, was it like one of the dealers that gave it yeah. to you? Oh, yeah, my it was God. A dealer. And car dealers are the skeeziest guys. Like, well, at least the ones she worked with were. Yeah. Well, he said, well, this is like my favorite scent on a woman. So Ew. I bought you. And it was not even a small bottle. It was like a decent sized bottle. He was and thinking you guys were going to. No, 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 no. He was like, I like you. I want you to smell like my woman. I was not an Oklahoma City <laughs> girlfriend for any of the dealers. <clears throat> you catch something that way. At least. Take myself to Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Give me some pie-flavored condoms. Hey, at least you don't live in Texas. <laughs> true, true. Keith, we didn't hear your most terrible gift. Well, Mr. Keith, um... <laughs> when we first were married, got me a Return of the Jedi model that I then was like, what? <laughs> I don't, and he was like, well, I'll I'll take it. And I, So I'm basically kind of, he bought himself a, or, a Christmas present. Yeah. And then another year he got me, um, he, he, he worked at Wendy's for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, when we were first married, when we were dating, and just many, many different times at Wendy's. And they always had this stick vac, like not the kind that they have now, like the kind that you just push 
Yes. And they manually. A hokey. Yes. They call that a hokey up in uh, Minnesota. It's a, it's a carpet oh, yeah. sweeper. Yeah. Yeah, he got me one of those for Christmas because he liked the one at work so much. <laughs> he thought I would appreciate that. And I oh, was super Oh, Mr. Pissed. Keith. That's funny. Uh, now, I've never been so mean. Okay, now I have to tell you this story. I think I've told this story on the podcast before. You you guys know how much I love my husband. I talk about him all the time, about what a great guy he is and whatnot. What? When, we were, when we were first dating, and this actually was not a Christmas present. It was a birthday present. So he bought me this dress. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Vonnie's looking at me, but like with her eyes. Open. I don't think any of you people has ever seen me in a dress. Maybe once you've seen a picture of a wedding I went to or something, but I'm just not a dress wearing kind of girl. I hear you. And he bought me this safari looking <laughs> khaki dress. Like a shirt dress, you know. Was it at least the right size? It was khaki. Yeah, it was the right size. I tried it on, and then I promptly stuck it in the closet. The next year for my birthday, oh no, he bought me the very same dress. <gasps> oh no! How does that even happen? <laughs> in the same color wow. and the same size. Oh my he really likes that dress. He really, really <laughs> likes that dress. He really wants to see you in khaki. Yep. <laughs> khaki. <laughs> you know I love him so much. I mean, I should not mock him because he, yeah, everybody has challenges giving gifts. He never bought me clothes again after that, ever. That was it. Funny. He was done. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I don't even think we were married yet. I think that was before we were married. It was either before we were married or real close. That was nice that you married him anyway. <laughs> what about um, stinkers of gifts that you have given people? I can think of one that I did. I had a friend and I was telling her, you know, like, I don't know if I can do Christmas this year and yada yada and... um She's like, well, just if if you don't don't have enough money, just make something. I'm like, like, but what? I mean, I don't have enough time to make anything. She's like, I don't know. I mean, you made stuff growing up. Make something like that. So I seriously took a picture. I cut it out, put it on construction paper, and I put cotton balls around <laughs> it. And <laughs> ornaments. <laughs> but oh my god! I was. The thing was is that she was had more money than I did at the time because, I mean, you know, single mom, I was poor, barely getting by, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to exchange gifts. Jesus Christ, it wasn't me, was it? No. Oh. I've never given you anything like that, have I? I don't think so. No, I'm not friends with this person anymore. But anyways, and she just did not want to not exchange gifts. Because I was like, just don't get me anything. I said, I won't get you anything. We'll just get together. We'll have food and hmm. watch See, a that's Christmas a difficult movie. thing is when somebody refuses to take the answer that you've given them to that extent. It was kind of um, a snarky, pissy gift. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> passive-aggressive on my part. Passive-aggressive gifting. <laughs> a little passive-aggressive Christmas gifting. I don't know. I don't you know. You know what? She never offered. She never said to make her anything again. <laughs> That's funny. I'm trying to think if I've given anybody a really horrible gift. 
I'm sure I have. I'm 100% sure I have given a lot of shitty gifts over the years. Same. But uh, they've never told me. Yeah. So that's nice of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea. I really don't. I'm, I'm never good at giving people that I don't know very well gifts. It makes me, me super uncomfortable because I know how I feel when somebody gives me a gift that I can't do. You know, like the candle thing makes me so uncomfortable because everybody likes candles, right? You just get the electric ones. As long as they don't smell. Yeah. I don't think those smell, do they? It depends. I mean, sometimes they do. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, they put smell in everything. They put smell in the goddamn garbage bags. I know. What the hell is up with that? The other because day when I took- garbage smells yucky. I took my mom's garbage out and, um, and then- I was taking her to go croc shopping because she decided she wanted a pair of crocs. And uh, friends don't let friends buy crocs. She wanted them, so I took her to buy them. But the whole time I'm like <laughs> oh, smelling my croc shopping. I hope it was a big one. Well, I don't want to know <laughs> what kind of cock my mom uses on her own time in the privacy of her own home. You just wait till she lives with you, and you have to accidentally stumble across that big black dick she keeps in her <laughs> I'll be in the bedroom with, with Echo and I'll hear <laughs> and I know she can't be brushing her teeth because she only has two of them two of what? teeth oh God, Jess, you're right she does only have two. <laughs> oh my gosh <clears throat> yeah I don't know I, I think I'm just so embarrassed about gift giving in general. It's hard. It is. I don't I don't like to give gifts to people I don't know. I know there was one year when I was 16, my grandma gave me a leather mini skirt and thong underwear. Your grandma? Yeah, my grandma. And I was kind of like, uh, thanks. <laughs> Are you saying I need to get a job? <laughs> What's going on here? It's about time you start earning, girl. You need to start. <laughs> family needs your talents. Earn here. your keep. Here's a leather miniskirt. Get on it. <laughs> Here's something to go with what you're good at. Nice. <laughs> it was nice, though. And, I mean, the thong underwear were actually really comfortable. They were gold and black tiger stripes. Oh, my God. You still remember <laughs> what kind of underwear they were. Because I was so shocked oh. that my grandmother gave them to me. I got a doll from one grandma and striped <laughs> thong, thong underwear, underwear from, from my other, other grandma. Oh, that's there was, hilarious. There was a very large gap in my family. I will tell you one gift that I was really, really looking forward to giving that I don't get to give. And that is a little pint-sized ice cream maker. I was, because I want one myself. So I, th I was like, oh, I'm going to order one of those for the kids. So I ordered it and I get a message saying, sorry, this has been delayed. It's not going to ship till January 20th. And I'm like, okay, fuck that. <laughs> oh, man. It was really delayed. So I just said, no, thank you, fuckers. That I was really sucks. looking forward to giving that, too. Yeah. That's when you tell the kids, we can't have Christmas until February 1st. Yeah, because all your gifts won't be in until then. <laughs> 
I sent Pat's, but I don't know if she got it or not. She might have been in Colorado. Well, they live out in the middle of nowhere, oh, so, so if, if it got delivered out there, they don't have a lot of porch pirates out. Well, I know, but I'm thinking more like, you know, nature's pork. Oh, <laughs> nature's porch pirates. Raccoons. raccoons. Those goddamn Christmas raccoons again. Them trash pandas took my gifts. Those assholes. Trash they don't pandas. need that sweater. <laughs> See the raccoons in Christmas sweaters hanging out. Hey, yeah, Carl, that's a nice sweater you got there. Thanks. I found it on that porch over there. <laughs> Carl's an alpaca. <laughs> hey, Carl could be a raccoon. No, I'm name. sorry, llama. I suppose we can uh, talk about books if you want. I mean, that is why we're here. I suppose. What? I know. It's so unlikely. Someone like us to talk about books. Oh, I can return <laughs> this. I finished. So that busy book. talking about raccoons in freaking quis- quis- Christmas sweaters. Christmas. Good Lord. I wasn't sure what you were going to say, but it wasn't that. (laughs) (laughs) You started out kind of scary there. What was I going to say? Come on, Keith. Christmas. I had to do some fast thinking this week with my book because I played book chicken with the library and lost. Book chicken sounds so disgusting. (laughs) It's got to be better than Popeye's, though. Well, I mean, at least they had chicken. <laughs> at least there's chicken in there. So book chicken. And I lost. I checked out a book. And um, it was short. So I'm like, two days? Oh, I can get this done in two days. No. But what they don't tell you is that the second day stops at 8 a.m. So I thought I had all day to read it. And when I went to turn it on at work, it had already expired. Oh. <gasps> So I was like, well, shit. Huh? You can't renew it or anything? Not after you you missed the deadline for renewal. Well, somebody else was in line. I can't renew it if somebody else is waiting. It's the only bad thing about library books is that's one of the reasons why it took me so long to finish the Ken Follett series is because I kept running out of time and somebody was waiting. So I'd have to wait for it to come back in and then read more and then wait and Hurry up and wait. The story of my life. But I did find another great book. It was a little bit long, but I powered through and I got it. Uh, thank goodness I had an eye doctor's appointment because that gave me some really great reading time. Yes. Especially for audiobooks. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's called All You Have to Do is Call by Carrie Mayer. And this was an interesting book. And I kind of picked it because of things that have been in the news lately. This book takes place in early 1970s, and it's basically about a underground service called Jane that they have for uh, birth control and abortions for women. Because at this time, of course, abortions were illegal, plus you could not get birth control pills unless you were married. At this time. Which is so stupid. Yeah, which is crazy. So it's basically about the group of people who volunteer. It starts out, and I cannot remember the people's names. All I remember is one of them was named Veronica, which freaked me out every time I heard it. The founder is probably 
early 20s, maybe mid-20s. She's divorced, which is actually very unheard of at this time, too. When she very first starts, she's actually working, like, as a consultant, and she's taking these women to male doctors who perform the procedure. Well, when she takes them to these male doctors, they have to stay blindfolded because they don't want the women to know where they're at. And a lot of times they even have to stay blindfolded uh, while they're in the office, while they're waiting, like the whole time. And there's absolutely nobody back there with them. Like they don't get very much information or anything. It's just basically they go, they get it done, and they're taken away with a blindfold on the whole time. And nothing bad can possibly happen in that case. But Veronica and um, the one other person who kind of founded this service are both were consultants, and they decided that this was crazy. It was not dignified. It just promoted shame for these women. So they decided, now, mind you, they're just regular educated women. They're not, they don't have PhDs or anything like that. They decided to start this service and um, start doing these procedures themselves. And that way they can make it more comfortable, more informative, to make sure that the women who come get a little bit of counseling, and just make it a better experience for them because it's already a tough decision Mm -hmm. uh, for something like that. And you don't know the circumstances of these women who are coming. You don't know why they've decided this, but it's a tough decision, and they're trying to help them with their choices and make it just not so traumatic. And to keep it all confidential, obviously, because it is illegal at this time for abortions. Of course, their services grow and they get lots of women. So they're trying to find volunteers. So they kind of hand out flyers at different women's unions and and stuff like that. And the neighborhood, which I will say is a little uppity, they seem like they're a little bit richy. They, of course are not happy that these abortions are happening in their neighborhood, in their hometown. And one of the women named Margaret, who decides to start volunteering for the company, um, she's friends with another woman named Peggy. I'm pretty sure her name was Peggy. But anyways, Peggy is very against the abortions that are happening underground, very much. So, of course, it kind of creates this riff between friends. And also another thing that's kind of interesting, puts a little dramatic twist, Margaret is dating one of the other founder's ex-husbands. Oof. Do they, does, does the other woman know? No. Oh, dear. No, but, but Margaret knows. So she's like, oh, crap. I can't get too involved. I don't know if I want to be that involved. Plus... I just, I don't want it to come to light that she's dating this ex-husband of the founder. I don't know. It was just kind of interesting. But that Peggy, who's very against this, uh, her sister kind of has problems. She tours with a band. There's some drugs and alcohol involved. 
Well, she calls Peggy one day to come get her. Um, she's in trouble. She needs her to come get her. So she comes and gets her, and her sister's name is Elijah. And Elijah doesn't tell her anything. But I won't go into too much detail because she plays a part. And it kind of helps Peggy open her eyes to mm. the service. Yep. Maybe not exactly change her mind, but show her help. what why it might be needed in some cases. Right. Mm. See why it's not a completely bad thing. It was very, very interesting. And it brings up a lot of topics that have been in the news. It's one of the reasons why I read it. Because the abortion laws, especially in Texas, are just so outrageously wrong and against women. It's just so anti-female. Agree. And I just, that really puts a bee in my bonnet. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm already... You sound like such, such a grandma when you say that. That really puts <laughs> a bee in my bonnet. <laughs> I can tell you that. Well, listen, after I read this book and watching the news, it wasn't just one bee. It was a whole swarm. <laughs> it was a beard of bees. And this is loosely based off of the actual service that was provided for women for illegal abortions that was called Jane. Of course, you know, as, as the book ends, Roe versus Wade happens and abortions are legalized and yada yada so on and so forth but it's it's a great book because you have that contrast you have some people who are completely against it you have some people that are completely and then you have the people that waver in the middle you have some people who say oh yeah I'm I'm for pro-choice but when they're really put to the wall they of course are not when it you know, when, it, when it counts, yeah. When it counts, when it's something that's personal for them, they are not. And it also brings up a lot of questions about the laws that we have right now in some states. Because I just, I don't know. To me, it seems like your medical history and your medical anything is supposed to be confidential between you and your doctor. Mm -hmm. And now you have these women who are having to go to court to try to see if they can even get a procedure that's going to be life-saving for them. And that's just not right. I just think it's wrong. I think the lady that is in court right now about it, her baby is going to die as soon as it's born. Yeah. She actually went to another state and got an abortion. Yeah. Because the, the courts were taking too long. Because, I mean, you have a limited time. You or don't or have... if your baby dies in your womb in Texas, you can't have an abortion. You have to let it stay in there. And that, I mean, you can get sepsis and die. Yeah. That's yeah. a serious thing. I mean, it's if terrible. your doctor says you need one, then you should be able to get one. I mean, and it's something that should be decided between you and your doctor, not the courts. The courts have no business in my vagina. I'm sorry. But that's just my opinion. If you're pro-life, I'm definitely not trying to put a bee in your bonnet. It's just not what I personally believe. But that's a whole nother discussion for another day. And that, again, is called All You Have to Do is Call by Carrie Meyer. 
And it was good. I liked it. It was long, but it was a quick read. It kept me interested. I would recommend. I would say, though, it is a little crass, and it is very descriptive in the procedures that they perform. So it's a little cringy in parts, but they do have some really dark, dirty humor. That's (laughs) pretty hilarious. (laughs) Okay. Keith, do you have anything spicy? It's kind of spicy, I guess. So the book that I'm reviewing is called Second Chances in Newport Stephen by TJ Alexander. And uh, I wanted to thank Megan Rudloff, who is our publicity person over at Atria, for sending us a copy of this. She always gets us the good stuff, so... And Megan knows that I love this author. Uh, T.J. Alexander uh, writes just amazing representation for like uh, LGBTQ. Like this book is about a transgender man and his name is Eli. And he goes home to spend Christmas with his parents in the city he grew up in, which is Newport Stephen, uh, Florida. So as you can imagine... It's like it's his first time back and nobody from his little hometown knows him as a man. Oh, dear. And he's home with his parents and he's spending Christmas, uh, the Christmas holidays. But what he hasn't told them is that it might be a bit of a longer stay because there's been a whole lot of drama in his career. And he's a comedy writer And he basically was fired for some really stupid shit that wasn't really his fault. But his career is kind of up in flames Mm. for no fault of his own. So he's back in Florida, which isn't like the greatest place for a transgender uh, man or I don't know anybody that's LGBTQ right now. And on top of that... He is also sober and he has had a drinking problem, but nobody knows about it. So he is struggling with that because he's newly sober. And when you can't when you can't ask for support from people because you're too afraid to say anything about it. I mean, obviously, then that is a whole nother ballgame as well. So this is like a really it's a fun story. It has a lot of really like heavy themes, but they're done with a lot of really dry humor and a lot of wit. Eli's first love, Nick, like his parents and their parents, like were all kind of really close growing up. So they were, it's the kind of thing where they were best friends and then they started to date and they went to prom with each other and everything. And so Nick is still in town and they haven't seen each other since uh, Eli left town, you know, as a woman back in the day. And Nick doesn't even recognize Eli when he runs into them uh, in the like corner store. And Nick is recently divorced and he has a young daughter who is really adorable and is so funny in this book. And Nick is kind of confused because Nick is still really attracted to Eli. So the whole book is just an amazing look at Eli trying to figure out his place. I mean, he's got that typical, like, his parents are really awesome. They're trying really hard to be supportive. But they, you know how, like, it's almost like Eli is a teenager. Like, your parents are trying to be 
cool and understand like the stuff and be like oh yeah i'm hip to that and eli's like okay okay stop stop <laughs> trying to be cool to my situation like you it's know like the I dad in american pie yeah yes very much so i mean there's just there's all of those kind of issues i mean there's just the fact i mean trying to be sober when you're coming back to a seriously stressful situation because I mean, Eli kind of left this home, this town and basically became an alcoholic because he was so unhappy with who he used to be. And he didn't realize that he was trapped in a body that wasn't really his. And so through a lot of therapy, he's learned a lot of things about himself, but it's just a really great story. I love, I say this all the time, but I love TJ Alexander's books. They write so much amazing stuff. They they don't dumb anything down. So, I mean, yeah, I Googled a ton of shit while I was reading this book because I was like, okay, I should know this, but I don't know what they're talking about. And I just love that there are books about stuff I don't know a ton of stuff about. I mean, there aren't a whole lot of gay romances. There aren't a lot of lesbian romances there aren't a lot of books where transgender people fall in love and that's where tj alexander really excels uh they write about all the kind of love stories that people don't often get i mean because you if you're reading a love story or any kind of story you want to see yourself in that and it would be awful to never get to see that so i'm really happy that books like this are out I really hope that they keep coming out. And if you want a really just dry, witty, flawed little comedy with some with some spice, with some a love story that's maybe not tra like traditional, this one is a great one. It's just hysterical. And that was Second Chances in Newport Stephen by TJ Alexander. Awesome. Make sure you're still recording. You're touching buttons over there. No one trusts Martha anymore. <laughs> you do it one time. Yeah. You bitches. It was not my fault. I keep telling you and you're not listening to me. <laughs> I would claim it if it was my fault. Fuckers. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wanted to review the prequel by Rachel Maddow, but I've decided not to because I just get too mad when I talk about stuff like that. So I think I'm just going to skip over that. It's more of a Vani book anyway. Maybe Vani will read it. I mean, I do do the political ones. Yeah, I just get too angry. mad. Um, but instead, I think I'll do something that's a, a little more my speed, which is definitely snarky and oddly enough, sort of a fantasy novel. Wow. I know. I kind of found something. Every once in a while, a fantasy novel does come out that I like, and it's usually the snarky ones that I end up liking. Well, I mean, Lord of the Rings is more fantasy than sci-fi. It is, but, I mean, the the newer, the older I get, the harder it is for me to suspend my disbelief. And fantasy novels, especially high fantasy, tend to take themselves very seriously. They want serious world building. Everything is very 
You know, there are a lot of weird names. And especially when you're listening to audio, it takes a long time to get into all of it that. Does. So the reason that I picked this up is because this is actually a pen name for an author I already like that I found out about just by accident. I really like books like I really like books by Tom Holt, who's a British author. And I found out that he writes under a pseudonym of K.J. Parker. So I picked up Save as Corvax Deals with the Dead, which is the first in a trilogy. We start out the story with Save as Corvax, who is sort of the leader of his own, he has his own business of Battlefield Salvage. And so he's talking about it the whole time. He's talking about, yeah, this in this business, this is how we do it. And we'll, we go out and we take just the good stuff off of the people on the battlefield. And these are the things that we can use. And he basically just is talking about his business as a battlefield salvage person. And on this one job that he goes out on, all of a sudden, this woman shows up. And he, they're like, oh, my God, that not her. I can't remember what her name is right off the top of my head. But she's basically, she works for the sisters who are like a charity organization. And when she shows up, they have to give all their stuff to her for charity. So anyway, uh, Savis gets in trouble because... He's trying to cheat her out of the money. And he they take off and they go to the next location. And he has kind of a hidey hole that's sort of on an island where he keeps all of his extra, all of the treasure and everything that he finds. And so he decides to go out there to this island. And when he gets there to drop the stuff off, he notices that the guards are gone. So he gets up to the castle, and sure enough, everybody's lying around dead. And oddly enough, his friend that he hasn't seen in a long time is there, and he's injured. So he helps him out, fixes him up, takes him along. But before they leave, he, he realizes that they didn't take everything. They left all this. There's all this money there. And he can't figure out where it came from. And then he kind of feels like he's being set up. So he takes the money and he hides it. He doesn't take the money. He just hides it there. And sure enough, as we find out, he's definitely being set up. It's, it, it has been said that he has robbed this money from, um, from a ship. Well, the thing about Savis is he's extremely motion sick. And he hates being on boats. And everybody that knows him knows this about him. So it's kind of hilarious when he gets blamed for this maritime uh, ro robbery. One of the things I really liked about this book, though, is that you kind of know that he has another identity someplace. Because in the beginning, somebody who, quote, recognizes him suddenly gets poisoned. <laughs> and removed from the area very quickly. But you don't really know exactly what's going on until about, I don't know, maybe a third of the way through the book. 
And when you realize who he actually is, he's like a prince. He accidentally killed his brother while they were um, fencing. He accidentally, his, his younger brother was actually like super, his, his younger brother is one of those ones who's just perfect at everything. He's really good at everything. And he's trying to talk his brother. His brother wants him to fence with him and he doesn't really want to do it. It's a pain in the ass. He knows his brother's really good. And he's like, I'm going to go to this fancy school and I want to be perfect. So please practice with me. So he practices with him. And the brother just keeps on, keeps on, keeps on until he's exhausted. And he won't let him quit. And pretty soon he accidentally stabs his brother in the eye and kills him. That's one way to finish. I know. And of course, he's totally freaked out because he knows nobody's going to believe that it was an accident. So he just flees in the middle of the night. He just drops everything and just buggers off as fast as he can. So, of course, all his family's looking for him because he killed his brother. But he's been able to elude these people for years. In the end, he gets found because as part of some kind of arrangement... He was the firstborn son, and there was some sort of a contract that said that he, because he's the firstborn son, he has to go be king of this other kingdom. And he, he's known about this for a long time, and he doesn't want to go there. It's just all kinds of political intrigue and all of the stuff that you normally would find in a fantasy novel. Well, to a certain extent, there's really no magic or anything that goes on. But the reason that I liked it was because of the snarky ass style and the fact that nothing is being taken too seriously. The voice of the main character is hilarious. He's very likable. And it it was just a delight to read it. I'm definitely going to keep reading the series, which I normally don't even do that anymore because, you know, I'm trying to read all this other stuff. But I, I really do like it. So that was the first in a series, and it was called Save As Corvax Deals With The Dead, and the author is K.J. Parker. Cool. I hope I didn't spoil anything too much in there. It's kind of hard. Sometimes it's hard to it's get hard a good to... description without giving a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. There's a bunch more books. I know, right? <laughs> I've been sitting on my foot. I had my foot up my own ass. Nice. That's talent. I know, That's right? Talent. Can you also lick your elbow? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Tongue's not quite long enough. Mm-mm. Why would anyone want to? I don't know. Just to see if you can. But you Have know you what? ever done something just to see if you can? I read about stuff like that in books all the time, and I immediately try it. Because I'm by myself, usually, yeah. if I'm reading. I do too. The first time I ever heard about you can't lick your own elbow, it was actually in a book. And all the people listening to this right now in their cars are trying to lick their own elbow. While driving down the street. That's why traffic is always so horrible on Monday. It's because you fucking to our elbow lickers out there. <laughs> listening to the podcast, trying to lick your elbow <laughs> while you're driving. I'm usually doing something like this. I'm like, wait, two two hands don't wrap around what what do you mean your hand doesn't wrap around it that's huge <laughs> i was like what are you wrapping or what are you doing when you drive because that could cause uh injury and accident also 
Did you know, for example, since we're talking about girth, did you know that Christmas is the largest? There are the the largest out of this. The largest number of penile fractures actually occur on Christmas. Day? Yep. People are getting freaky under the mistletoe this year. And the fact that, I mean, think about that. Think about you're celebrating and you're getting all randy and you get after it and you break your fucking penis. Why isn't it Valentine's Day, for God's sake? I don't. You would think. A lot of people get engaged on Christmas. I think that's why. Oh, could be. Mommy, why? People get engaged on Valentine's Day, too. (laughs) But I think Christmas is a higher percentage. Really? I think so. I could Maybe be wrong. it's just that a lot of people secretly have sexual fantasies about doing, tall, doing it large with, men with white beards. Doing it with Santa Claus. Mm. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, a mirror horn is sitting on my lap. <laughs> Keith thinks we're disgusting. She's got this look on her face. I like, have a candy cane for you. <laughs> <laughs> That wouldn't work for me, though, because I'm a biter. (laughs) I like to bite my candy canes. Oh, my God. Watch out for her. The uh, emergency room is going to have to ask questions like, so are these teeth marks on here consensual? (laughs) Exactly how tight were the ribbons on your your wrists? (laughs) Have you ever seen the... Okay, Martha has not. Vonnie... Have you ever seen the TikToks of the poor, like, paramedics or emergency room personnel who are going through the TJ Maxx and ch- holding up trees and saying, no, don't put things where they don't belong. <laughs> there Seriously? are a lot of those this time of year. Because <laughs> a imagine. Christmas tree or a bulb looks like something that would go somewhere for fun. But no Well, especially idea. a Christmas tree, the way that it's designed, I imagine that it goes in just fine. But, but it then ain't coming, coming out, out fine. It's kind of like when you, one of those, what do they call it when you put it in the wall and they hook out to hold heavy objects? It yeah. does that. Could. It's got a hook on up in there. <sighs> I can't imagine wanting to stick a Christmas tree up your holes. In any orifice of your body. You've had Christmas, the kids are asleep, you're having a bunch of alcohol, and you happen to look over at that thing you got, TJ Maxx, you're like, and you're like, huh. I bet that would fit. <laughs> if it fits, it's <laughs> if it sits, it fits. Where's that from? I don't know. Here, honey, put a section cup on the bottom of this trunk. <laughs> We're going to try something right now. <laughs> I think that's the motto of cats everywhere in a relationship oh. to boxes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if it sits, it fits, yeah. Sadly, that works with cats, but not with now, Christmas Now, you trees. know, I've never felt the urge to really watch TikTok until this moment. There are a bunch. It's funny. Just men going, no. No, don't Another do one. it. No, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> Or could you imagine a glass Christmas ornament? I mean, I'd be afraid. Dude, these are the things I'm talking about. Like they will. I'd I mean, squeeze my butt too tight huge. and break it. Be like, whoopsie. <laughs> Ouch. I think we're going to need some band-aids. <laughs> How to 
did you get lead poisoning in your vagina? Oh, must have been that red paint. It was a vintage ornament. It was from China. <laughs> That's probably what's causing all those penile fractures. Is trees, Christmas trees, in wrong yeah. places. I didn't yep. fit. There were other things in there. <laughs> right. Ouch. You, you forgot to take out the tree. Well, I understand how you fractured your penis, but what's up with all the scratches and pine needles? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just about swallowing. That's one thing that I hope I never get regifted. If I ever get a Christmas tree from TJ Maxx, I'm not even <laughs> opening the box. It's just going straight in the dumpster. It's going straight back. I, I am not even going to oh, I feel bad for TJ Maxx. Could you imagine the people that work at customer service the day after Christmas and they get Christmas trees returned? Is that like, shit is that, is that a pine cone or something else? <laughs> oh, my God. What are you going to put under your reason for return? Uh, didn't fit. Too prickly? Didn't fit in this space. <laughs> I bought it for. And that's going to do it for... Three book girls. If you made it this far, you are truly bookish. So go to Facebook and join your fellow book lovers on the Three Book Girls Squad. Follow Three Book Girls on socials and be on the lookout for their next live event. Proud of their lack of shelf control, Three Book Girls is a Steel Trap production.